everyone. We're still very much in our week of um, new song. Amen. So, what we will share this afternoon will be along that same line of a new song. So, if you are planning to title what I will share with you, I'm more and more inclined to believe in my heart that we shall have a time to also minister to needs here in form of prayer and possibly in form of laying of hands. But we will see how the Lord will lead us by special grace. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 126. And I'll read verses 1 through to 6. But our text shall be taken from verses 1 and 2. Psalm 126. I'll read verses 1 and 2. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Somebody say, tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless, somebody say doubtless, come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him or her. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. We were like those who dream. Then suddenly our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Our mouths shall be filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. If you just look at that verse 2, I know it's written in a poetic manner in which the book of Psalm is written. Um, we've mentioned that before. There's this thing they call parallelism. They give two lines, and one will complement the other, or one will contrast the other. It's just for emphasis. The English poetry is with rhymes. You know, twinkle, twinkle, look to star. How I wonder what you... So, his emphasis is on rhythm or rhymes. But the poetry that the Psalms are is based on comparison. But many at times, if you look at them closely, they bear greater meaning than you may want to know is there. The man mentioned that our mouth was filled, and we know he's talking prophetically about us, will be filled with laughter. But he didn't say our mouth with singing, he said our tongue with singing. I don't know whether you have any take on that. Of course, this man was not talking about normal singing. You are probably aware in some Eastern culture and in fact, some many cultures in the world is commoner in also in Eastern part of Africa as well as I know, uh, Southern part of Africa, good part of the Northern part of Nigeria. When people sing, they roll their tongues to make a sound. Have you heard of that before? All right. Does anybody know how to do it? I don't. Exactly. So that was what he was having in mind. He said, it's not just going to be our mouth that we sing. We will sing in such a way 
you know that we will, you know, ulalate or whatever. You know, we will, we will sing to, in an unusual manner. And I know that is what you are going to do very soon. Even though your mouth will sing, but also you will sing unusual songs. And but why would God bother to bring people back from captivity? And whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, there's every human being, every human being rather, is in one form of restriction or another. Is in one form of captivity or another. The enemy will want to limit where you can rise to. And I know the kind of limitation the enemy is trying to put upon my ministry. The kind of limitation is trying to put upon my life, upon my family, upon my brethren, in the Lord, and physically. And it's for me to know that that's a form of captivity. But the Lord says, the area in which I've been held captive, I will be released from that area. And the reason for that is that as well sung by the choir, God has the final say. He determines what the end of the story will be. It's not the devil. And this is not just a thing that preachers say. You say a thing I believed all my life. If not, I believe that I will still be standing here preaching this many years. Because the target that you probably set for yourself five years ago, you are not there. Why are you not moved? Why am I not moved? Because I know God has the final say. Because I know captivity is not where I die. Captivity is the transient place for me. I'm coming to the place the Lord has prepared for me. It may look so dark. It may look so dull. It may look so dark now. It may look so everything. But God says, we shall return from the place of captivity. The place of limitation. The one that is not part of what God has planned for you. But anyway, God is aware it's going to come into your life. Because nothing takes him by surprise. And so why will God bring us back from captivity? Four things very quickly and we will pray. Number one, because God by nature is a good God. He doesn't like anything that doesn't look good. He's a good God by nature. In Psalm, in Psalm 34, I think verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and what? And see. That, that's another one of the poetic things that is written there. It is an old taste. When you taste, what happens to you when you taste? Eh? Eh? Where you, <laughs> where you, ta- where you put something in your mouth and you taste it, what, what will you, what's the kind of feeling that you get? A feeling, I would like to think. I don't say, we don't say, oh, 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 taste. And, and, and hear that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I checked many other versions. It's actually see he meant there. That's so, goodness of God is all around us. Hallelujah. So, because by nature God is good, he does not like anything that is not good in, still hanging around. That's why Jesus Christ came. Now, you must believe that as you believe who you are. Because you can't walk with God unless you have that. And every effort of the devil is to disprove that fact that God is good. Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, Genesis 1, 31, keep putting them up on the screen for me. Genesis 1, 31. Then God saw everything that he had, and indeed it was what? That's God. Anything he does must be good. And it is not motivational preach. It is the truth. You must believe that. You must live that. Irrespective of what you are saying. Know that God's only desire is good. That's his nature. There are some people, even human beings, by nature, they cannot, but still, that's their nature. Even if they cannot, even, you know, that's their perverted nature. That's not what God gave them. I don't believe that. 
Even when they have, I mean, we know of, of great act, you know, um, cel- so-called celebrities. One was caught recently, went to a store and stole useless things. This person is worth millions. But by nature, they can't stop themselves from stealing. Some people are like that. The Bible also talks to some people. He said that as a minister, they have eyes full of adultery. So they just can't stop. They, they try. But that's the nature. Of course, Jesus changes natures. So for God, by nature, he can't stop himself. That's why before you finish repenting, he has forgiven you. It's just by nature good. He can't help himself. <laughs> that's God you are serving. So when you are making it hard for yourself sometimes, God is saying, see, we've shared examples many at times. And I'm very fond of these two examples we shared. We shared Ahab with you before a very bad king. And recently we also shared Manasseh with you. Natural fact, Manasseh also was forgiven. I was shocked when I said, I mean, this guy was bad. He was so bad that he turned the temple of God. Every other person, they were doing the idolatry outside. Now to make it, to put it in context, God forbid, God forbid, that someone is so bold in the way he has been seen, the person has been committing fornication in the hotels, he's been committing fornication in the girlfriends or boyfriends' house, and the person decided one day that this time around he wants to do the fornication, God forbid, right on the altar redemption camp. Oh, well, if I say here, you will say, well, I mean, that's as good as it gets, that you can relate to that you are aware of. Oh, well, your faces are contorted. But you know, God is so good that if that person repents, we will forgive God is good. He beats me. He's just good. Tell yourself, my God is good. Don't let it be just a cliche. God is good all the time. It doesn't mean more to you anymore. Does it? You said it so many times. I hope it begins to mean more to us now. So that's number one reason. And if I settle that in my heart and live with that every day, the devil will never be able to shake me. Because he knows that I believe with all my heart that I serve a good God. Psalm 145, verse 9, just read the scriptures to you before I move to the next point. The Lord is good to all. Everybody say all. all. Who is the Lord good to? All. Oh, that's basically what I was telling you. He's even good to the sinner. That's all. All is what? All. If you say God is good to all, he's good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. That's why in Matthew 5, 45, Matthew 5, 45, he talks about he makes his stones to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's the God we serve. Number two point very quickly because of our time. Why will God make up his mind to turn a person from the place of restriction and limitation and captivity? Might be moral, might be spiritual, might be financial, might be whatever. Why will God want to change that person? Apart from the fact that he's a good God. Number two, because he's glorified by doing so. Is glorified by doing so. Now, all the things I'm sharing with you today, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know what we're trying to do? We want to get us to a place to nullify all the wrong beliefs and paradigms we are running with. Because we don't know many things have sunk into us because people have said so many things without us knowing they have sunk into us. And the Lord is saying, as you hear this this afternoon, you now begin to, you know it before. It's nothing new, you know, but because it will come out to you with greater power, you begin to see it differently. God wants to take a person from the place of captivity into the place of singing a new song simply because he is glorified thereby. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 2 verse 12, Mark 2 verse 12, very quickly, there was the story of the man there immediately arose. That was the man that was paralyzed and apparently the man looks like to have had um, quadriplegia. 
So they probably, that is all the limbs could not move. So constantly on a stretcher. And, um, you know, it just couldn't be helped. I mean, you remember the rest of the story. So they got to the gate where the Lord Jesus Christ was. And they've tried everything. They tried to barge in because the place was packed. And very soon, churches will be packed like that in this city. I mean, it was packed to the door. They just couldn't. The Lord was ministering. That's one of the things I was telling you. If not that I know that God is a good God and does not change his promises, many things that God has spoken, one will have given up a long time. Because I know he's good. And you need to know it for yourself. Don't let circumstances dictate you. So anyway, they were packed to the door on that day. And of course, they took him to the top of the house and uh, they took off the roof and they let him down. I hope and I pray that you and I, we shall seek our miracles with such tenacity. Not, because I think the gospel has made, and those were gospel errors. We will seek it with, if I need to break that door, I will break it. Usually now, the problem in churches and places, because revival has not come, is that we come in about an hour late, and even then, the problem is that, well, they shut that front door. No, they didn't lock it, they shut it. And why didn't you come in? Well, I tried the wire, I said, well, you didn't. But the days are coming when people will be banging and say, open that door. So they brought him down, and anyway, the man was healed, but that was the conclusion, long and short. Immediately, the man arose as Jesus Christ raised him. He took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed. And what? God changed his captivity for one purpose, so that they can glorify God. And so you must look for every opportunity to glorify God. So, even in the situation that you are, God intends to be glorified. I'll skip other example. Number three, quickly. Why God, number three, why God will want to change our captivity into a song, a new song. Because when he does so, people turn to him through their restoration. John chapter 4 verse 39. Not only is he glorified, but it makes people to turn to him. By nature is good. And people give glory, but you don't stop at giving glory. People actually have their lives changed. John 4, 39. What does it say? And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in Jesus because of the word of the woman who what? Who testified. A prostitute sleeping around, having multiple husbands, multiple relationships. Jesus ministered to her. She gave her life to Christ. And through that change of her story, many came to believe in the Lord. And I know the plan of God is that through your testimony, many will believe in the Lord. That is why your test and trial will turn to testimony. Nothing is over in anybody's life. Nothing, nothing is over. Don't write your own story. Don't put a full stop in front of your own story. When God has not put a full stop there. Can I hear amen unto that one? Don't say, don't let anything put, don't, it is the lie of the liar at 80, by the grace of God, if there are still unfinished work in my ministry, God will prolong my life and strength and everything and I will finish it. That is the kind of agenda I'm running with. The kind of agenda I'm running with, even if I have to be 99, I pray I'm not, but he will finish what he has said. You need to believe that for yourself. The plan of God is that what he has said, it must be done. And restoration and the salvation of the soul of men is so paramount in the heart of God that he will even use your test 
which we turn to testimony to bring people to him. Don't be afraid of tests and trials. Don't be afraid of them. Know that God is working everything to his own plan and purpose. Know that it may look difficult today, tomorrow is going to be easy. It may look impossible today, but God is able to turn it around tomorrow. Now, when we say these words, they are not just part of the preaching, they are prophetic declaration over your life. Because I know my own story is not over yet. God will complete it in your life and my life in Jesus' name. Number four. Number four. Why God will turn captivity into songs is because you are in his plan. And I put it this way, speaking for myself, is because I am in his plan. And I'll explain that to you. You see, my life is not just an incidental occurrence in the program of God. God has planned it even if I come across things that look so difficult and different, God is aware those things will be and he knows how the end will be. I am in his plans. And there's a script written about my life. That script written about my life, I'm the chief actor in that script. The script written about your life, you are the, uh, there is nobody who is just, so don't limit your life to, uh, what do you call the other actors now? A supporting actor. Any other thing you call them? Uh, eh? Extras. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't turn your life into extras into somebody else's script. There's a script written about your life. Follow your own script. You know, they were doing women program here yesterday and I think the script was written in a particular way and uh, the audience were trying to change the script. But because, you know, if you know your script, you're not going to allow the audience to... How many people have allowed the audience to change their script? They've changed your script, they've said, you know, well, maybe God has forgotten you. Is that the script God has written about you? The script God has written about you is that I have a plan for you. The script God has written concerning you is that I'm taking you somewhere. I'm telling you all over again that please take this in and drink it and eat it every day. It's a word we will all need from time to time. Turn with me to a few Bible verses. Let's start with John, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. But before I continue, go to verse 10. And you will see that exactly this verse is for us today. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. Where was Babylon? The place of... Where was Babylon? The place of... After 70 years are completed at Babylon, in captivity, in the place of limitation and restriction, in the place of just going around in circle, in the place in which people have taken you from the original plan and program of God for you, though it's a little bit diversion and God has factored it in, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to the place that originally planned for you. And don't let me anybody tell you that your scar is so big that it is impossible for you to get something better than that scar. Because another lie, you know that job is gone, but even if I get another one, it's not the same thing. Who says? 
You know, that girl I was going to marry, but that, well, not me. That girl I was going to marry, you know, <laughs> you know, is, is now gone. But whichever other one God brings, it's not going to be exactly, who says? That particular school I would have loved my child to go to from nursery. Now he may not, she or he may not be able to go there in nursery anymore. Maybe a few years later, where that story is natural, who says it's changed? Who says that's going to affect the eventual outcome? Is it not the eventual outcome that matters? Why do you want to rewrite your own script? If the script is written for you, is that that is the path you will take? What are you looking for? Is it not joy in the Lord? Is it not fulfillment in what God has called you to do? Or if I would have loved to be a pastor in London and God says, go to Aberdeen. The end of the story is that what, in actual fact, I never wanted to be a pastor anywhere. Anywhere. If I were to negotiate, I would have negotiated London. I don't like London anymore. Brethren, please, we are in safe hands. Our story is not ended. I know it. And Lord, let no, we hear testimonies, but nobody talks so much about trials. Testimonies are sweet. Nobody tells you what they've been through. Don't let the enemy limit you. Go forward with him. I can tell you loads of stories about pains that other. That's I remember very clearly. I, 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 maybe it might work for some of you. It might not work. What helps me most in life? I do what I can call positive comparative analysis of my life with other people. You are a lot more knowledge than my, that, much, much more learned than I am, and I think that is simply understood. Positive, comparative analysis of my life with other people. What do I do? When I find myself in trouble, and it's a strange thing, you don't need to adopt it. As I begin to pray, I look around me. And I find there are people who are in less comfortable position than I am. That makes me to slow down. It's always worked for me. I mean, I remember, I probably shared this with you openly. Remember that time when I was struggling to go into the ministry? And it was a struggle. You probably, it looks so smooth and, and seamless now. It, it's as, it's as, I had my plans mapped out, but forget that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally settled in God's plan for my life and I'm enjoying it. I remember. And when I said, Lord, that can't be, that can't be. What God used for me or what came to my mind, I then looked around and I saw people of higher prospects, of better pedigree, of better qualification, better everything, who abandoned all and followed Jesus to go and follow. I said, I have not got two heads. If those ones, and that was the beginning of God breaking some terrible kind of human pride that is in every one of us. That's the way he began to break it in me. I said, there's nothing special about you. You should be dancing. And I look, I say, that's one. If somebody is to refuse, it should be him. Who are you? And so, we must always have everything in the right perspective. I know the plans I have towards you. Verse 11 now. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Your screen is not for me to see it anymore. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. 
says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you, say it for yourself, to give me, to give me, ah, only three people. You've got to turn that verse into confessional verse now. The Lord is saying that I know the thoughts I think towards you, Chris. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you, Chris, a future and a hope. Together, I now say for yourself, Lord, the thoughts that I think towards you, Chris, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give me a future and a hope. One more time. To give me Matthew chapter 7 verses 9 to 11. Example number 2. I am in God's plan. Example number 2. I am in God's plan. I read from verse 7. Oh, what man? Start from verse 6 or thereabout. I'm just, I was talking about, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you in pieces. Verse 7, please. Ask, and it will be given to you. Amen? Amen. Seek, and you will find. Amen. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, what? And he who seeks, and to whom who knocks, it will be. Now go to the next verse, if you may, please. Or what man, this is where I'm going. Or what man is there among you who... If his son ask for bread, will give him. Or if he ask for a fish, will he give him. Go back to verse 9. Do you understand that verse? Are you sure? Really sure? Why will a son even think that the father is giving him a stone and not a bread. Why? Because sometimes, you must have seen them if you eat some very nice bread, some bread do look like stone. Oh, you don't, you don't believe that? Do you know that if you cook fish and snake... If they have not told you you will have finished eating the snake, not know it is fish. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. It's one delicacy that I have not been very interested in. But I know, they said it, that snake meat is like fish. So, I will tell you where I'm going in a minute. So, the child may be seeing fish in the stew, in the plate, and will be thinking it is Is the problem with the father? I take it again. Is the problem with the father? When you are seeing fish and you think it is, whose problem is that? The child. And so it is many a times what God gives you. So Jesus was telling in that parable. He said, you know, sometimes when my father is giving you the best, you think it is the wrong thing he's giving you. He said, because, but if you have sufficient gumption, and that's a very powerful word, it will be clear unto you that fathers will not give their children stone in place of 
So even if you don't understand what is in the plate, you go ahead. Have the belief that it can just not be stoned. Because I have that faith in my father. Have the confidence that under no condition can it just be snake. It can be. It may look like snake. It may smell like snake. It may whatever. But it cannot be snake. Because, not because of what I'm saying. Because of the father. The truth of the matter is that the father won't do that. He just wouldn't. He just wouldn't. All the play, pains I've been through. Some that I'm still going through. It just can't be part of God's plan to make me to feel pain. Inside it, without any doubt, is bread. Inside it, without any doubt, is fish. And the choice of, of comparison by the Lord, we are practically, perfectly healthy stuff. Fish is one of the best, in fact, if not the best form of protein. That is meat protein. Bread, perfectly healthy, in right proportion. <laughs> and so the perfect meal. And that there as well, what it turned into what multitudes we eat. Now, if I thought I finish this one, goal is this. You will rise on your feet confident that God is with you. We rise a covenant on your feet and shake away the enemy's burden on your shoulders. And if I can't, I will say, Lord, help me. Oh, I do. I'm quite aware that it could be difficult. I'm a little bit over 40. And I'm quite aware, well, that might be, who knows, that might be my physiologic age. I wish. <laughs> so, Using that as a reference point, I must have seen a few things in life. And I'm not talking out of a callous heart. And I've still seen a few things in life. But I say, brothers, sister, please don't let's stop. The journey is still long. And his thoughts unto you are thoughts of good and not of evil. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And the plan will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Finally, Job 13 verse 15. And that looks like a heavy one, but it's not a heavy one. I'm sure you'll be wondering, oh, that's God. You know, there's some statements in the Bible that we don't, we don't like. Whereas, deep inside those statements, there are powerful words of blessings that God has put there. You know? Something like, if you suffer with him, you reign with him. You don't want to hear that anymore. There's this Nigerian song sung in pidgin English. Me, I know goes... I know, yes, you're not praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. And sure, suffering is not. <laughs> but it also says that if we suffer with him, we will. What he's saying is that if per adventure you come across suffering, it's a futuristic statement. That's it per adventure because he knows you will anyway. I may stand on my head and pray every day. Oh Lord, let not let it not because I have an interview. Let it not rain between air and Edinburgh. If we, why? If it rains, there are thousand and one. I can permutate up to ten to power six options that God can use to circumvent that rain. In fact, it can rain so heavily and you still come out better. It can rain so heavily that they themselves, their offices. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, God is so big. They might even change that. In fact, the job they were going to give you before, they can even say, well, because we now have more problem, 
We're not going to employ you just as a manager. And of course, because we don't have an office, we need you badly. We can't even screen you anymore. You are the only one we have. Just come, just come and resume. So it looks so, it looks so bad. So learn to trust in the Lord. Let him lead you the way he will lead you. If there can be a paradigm shift in the church, and sorry to all my preaching friends worldwide, we preach many things that are not really correct. They're not helping. We've grown a group and a set of people that don't, they, they just can't even come close to the old time believers anymore. We preach so many things, and we, somebody has to begin to stand up at some stage, begin to just set the record straight. And part of second record straight is, though he slay me, <laughs> set the record straight. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. That is, I will stand on my ground. Not prove my case. I will stand where he has placed me. You know the rest of the story of Job, chapter 42 is sweet. But when he was in chapter 13, he was feeling the way you are feeling. Don't worry, you get to chapter 42 as well. You will get there because everything got doubled. They're threatening you so hard. You, and oh my, oh my. I conclude. Point number one. Why is it that God will take people from place of captivity to the place of singing and liberty? Why? By nature, go and sleep with that one. By nature, it's just good. By nature, it's just good. Even unbelievers, they tapped into that. Bad people. They know they can't fool God, but they know, look, if they really repent, he will forgive. That's him. This afternoon, we'll come back to him. We will stand before him and plead that there will be a turnaround in our situation. And even we don't need to plead long because naturally, he wants to help you. Naturally, he wants to help me. Please, we all do doubt, but we all don't stay in our doubts. That's the difference between the victor and the vanquished. We all do fear, but we all don't remain in our fear. Sometimes the power to move out of doubt is not in your hand. You might need to cry out, Lord, get me out of this dark tunnel. Share that with you before. When I have my dark patches, as it were, ministry, all sorts of things. The rule I always use is a tunnel I will come out. So no matter what, I may not come out the same day, but I just hang in there. I will come out. 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 And before I knew it, I just appear on the other end again. And before I knew it, all the burdens are lifted. Before I knew it, I can now smile more. That's why they say he has filled our mouth with laughter. Everybody goes through it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Uh, preacher will start jumping up. Ah, when the Lord did that. Well, tell us before he did it. How did you handle it? No, testimony. Some embellished. I'm not called to be a critique or a person to sort out the choice. It's not called me to that. But it's giving me pressure to point some of these things out that may have been 
you know, unfortunately, uh, traps for us. And the Lord wants us to come out of those traps. So please, brother, sister, whatever you may be feeling, it's a word of encouragement for us today. Be confident in the Lord, you will come out. And don't blame yourself for feeling the way you are feeling. Don't, don't say, oh, Lord, I tried, I tried. Don't worry. And don't do it again. Even if you have changed your CV, you've lied there, and it's working against you, change it back to the normal one. Change it back. Oh, it's because of, you know, some funny things I did with the baby, the pregnancy I had many years ago. That's why God is punishing me. No, I don't. God, my God is not like that. And I'm not preaching anything heretic here. If he will not allow Manasseh, go and read Kings. I'm sorry. That's, that's my standard. I don't have any other story. I can tell you my story. Some of them might be false story, but I know everyone in the scripture is true. If Manasseh, a man that was committing fornication on the altar in the place I mentioned. God cool because he cried to him. Why are you going to tell him because of what you did many years ago? Unless you didn't repent. If you repented, he would turn it around. Say, good God. And believe that with all your heart. Trust him with all your heart. The voice of the enemy you will not hear. Amen. I say that one more time. I say it two more times. Make sure you hear, let your amen be loud and clear. In the name that is above all names, the voice of the enemy you will not hear. And I know what I'm talking about. The voice of the enemy can come in form of deception to go and do ugly things. It can come in form of deception to keep you in guilt. It can come in form of deception to say that all that the devil says, self, you don't know how I'm feeling. I said I don't know, but I've had my own feelings too. And it brought me out. One more time I say, the voice of the enemy you will not hear. Since you are the only one saying amen, I want to say one for myself. The voice of the enemy we will not hear in the name of Jesus. I will not hear the voice of the enemy. So as the voice of the enemy, Judas had and he lost his ministry. He thought he was hearing well. So the voice of the enemy that Paul and uh, Peter had, and the moment he said that nonsense, that demons possessed him when he was coming from Caesarea Philippi, coming from that useless place of, uh, of evil idolatry and darkness in Israel at that time, it was there he was. When he came out, that probably a demon jumped on him. He just said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Not long after that, because the demon entered, he, started, he said he started rebuking Jesus. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He had a voice. I know my number one duty for my own soul is to make sure that I don't hear the wrong thing. Is he not subtle? Is he not clever? Is he does not know how to use scriptures? I'm preaching this. If it's one is there, I... I will have taken questions. Scriptures don't even convince you. He didn't tempt Jesus Christ with anything. What did he tempt the Lord Jesus Christ with? Three solid scriptures. And for some of us, I don't even know scripture. If the devil called those scriptures, he said, Eh, that's in the Bible. Let me see. Ah, it's true. <laughs> but the Lord said, Nah, forget it, Satan. Forget it. Even though he said, But. Our song has changed. 
those of you that caught it, stand on your feet with me. <laughs> One or two people caught it. I said, our song has changed. I said, our song has changed. And by the grace of God, we shall seal that the last three days of this month. My face is set like never before. Fought so many few battles in the past few weeks. You would not imagine. Battles. Things that could have consumed me, consumed my family, consumed the church. Accident that could have resulted in multiple deaths. I don't need to stand here and share that before you. You don't know what's going on. Apart from the one that the enemy seemed to have won. Last three days of this month, 28, 29. The 30th, which is a Wednesday, fasting. The 30th, we start the program here at 6 o'clock with the normal praise and worship. By the special grace of God, we will be here to pray. We'll be here to share the word of God. We'll be here on the day to minister to needs by the special power of the Holy Spirit. But this afternoon, you're going to stand on the word of God. My song has changed. Please pull back on the screen for me, Psalm 126. Alright? Go to Psalm 40, verse 3 first, please, if you may. May I lovingly lean on you upstairs, get a split clean in the next one or two weeks that I can have two Bible verses there together. You have always delivered, you will deliver that as well. Anywhere in the world, make sure you can have a split screen there. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to my God. One more time, he has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it. Remember when he said he has put a new song, it, the, the many we see it is still futuristic. <laughs> so you probably were reading it. Oh, well, it has happened already. Uh, 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 uh. It may have, but what he's saying is that many will see it and they will fear. Uh, why are you taking it? Take my face away from the. Uh, and we trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Many will see it and fear. And we what? Those are the three things. Number one, is a naturally good God. Number two, when it happens, he will be glorified. Number three, many will turn unto him. They are there. And um, they will trust in the Lord. Go back to Psalm 126. One prayer point. Psalm 126, please, if you may. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who... We were like those who... You will wake up from that dream very soon. And you will step into the new dawn in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you will say, Father, I thank you because I'm out of captivity, spiritual captivity, emotional captivity, financial captivity, career captivity head captivity I'm out in the name of Jesus because I was so lift up your voices and pray 
The Bible encouraged us, he said in Acts chapter 4, verse 26, they lifted up their voices and cried unto God. It is allowed that you lift up your voices, it's allowed that you pray with all your heart, spirit, soul, and body. Cry unto the Lord, Lord, I am out of my captivity. Delay is over, pain is over, joy has come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's a new day for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I serve the living God. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you have an handkerchief with you, and a lot of ministration will be going on in the next few weeks, there must be a change in our stories. So that the story of our community will change. I repeat that again. There will be a change in your story. And the eventual purpose is that the story of our community will also change as well. If you got any handkerchief or anything on you. Hallelujah. The Bible spoke that they took handkerchiefs away from the body of Peter and they were placing it on people that were ill. On, on, from the body of Paul, the shadow of Peter healed. And they were putting on people that, you know, that were ill and they recovered. Whatever you have, lift it unto the Lord right now. And believe that in the name that is above every name, that we be a carrier of divine power and presence. And as I make proclamation and declaration over those pieces of materials, the same thing the Bible said, they tore the hem of Jesus' garment and that woman was healed. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I command in the name that of him who has sent me, the one on whom I called upon this morning, trusted in his faithfulness. And I say right now, my Father and my God, let the unction for life unction for deliverance from captivity rest upon all these little pieces of materials and let them permanently carry the unction for deliverance in the name of Jesus Lord give wisdom unto these your children that they may do exactly what you want them to do with this in the name of Jesus Right now, somebody's been healed of emotional turmoil. The cloud of darkness is lifting over your head right now. And the light is shining in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, if you are not the person who is here or somewhere here, put that over your head as a cover. Even if you have another need, put it over your head right now. The hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord, the hand of the Lord is upon you right now. The talking that you have in your heart is no longer ordinary because the breath of God is upon us. Right now, right now, right now, let every captivity, let every limitation, let every yoke be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. Marital relationships are being sorted right now. Oh, thank you, Father. 
as you set your heart to believe what the Lord has said this afternoon, you will come back here to testify in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as you go from here, your story, good story, will be an international story. And through your testimony, many shall be brought back to the light of God in the name of Jesus. Give praise unto the Lord and thank Him. Come on, give Him thanks. Give Him praise. He's worthy to be praised and adored. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. I say, give God praise. Give Him praise.